Jackie. I'm 51 and I live in San Diego, California. I'm 5'2". I'm Kelsey. I'm 31 and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm 6'4". Even though we have some gaps, we've been best friends through it all. Thanks for joining us on The Friend Gap. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Friend Gap. We are so excited to be here tonight. Uh, We're recording tonight. I don't know when you're (laughs) listening to this, but... Once again, we're recording a little later than normal. That's okay. Life happens. I feel like this is going to be our summer protocol when my kids are home from school. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be after bed. But I actually really like it. I'm okay with I it. I don't mind it. Yeah. What are you up to this week? Oh, goodness. Just getting stuff done. It's kind of like the same old, same old week, but... um. Yeah. Nothing new, really. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to Ohio in a couple <laughs> days. So. Woohoo! That's I was just about ready to sing a song, but I don't think that there's a song for Ohio. Ohiko? I don't know. There's a Cleveland song. Oh, really? Cleveland Rocks. Remember that show? I don't think so. Oh, come on. With Drew Carey? Uh, no. What? <laughs> How do I know that show and you don't? That was like, I was really young when that show was out. It's called Cleveland Rocks. I think so. Yeah, you need That's to double funny. check your facts there. Factoid. I don't think so. Cleveland Rocks? Um, it's No, the show is called The Drew Carey Show. But their oh. intro song, their intro song is called Cleveland Rocks. I do remember hearing about the Drew Carey show. I never yeah. liked it. I don't really. Drew Carey's not my fave, so oh, that's probably. I get it. Sorry. No, I get it. <laughs> He's. Um. I think a lot of people say this about Drew Carey, so this probably isn't a hot take, but I think he looked better when he weighed more. Oh. He got yeah. thinner, and it just doesn't. I feel like it doesn't look as good. Mm. Got it. It's that bad. Thin's not always good, people. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I wish people would say that about me. Oh, wait. I've never given them an opportunity to think that I was smaller before. (laughs) It's true, though. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. I'm going to Amish country with Mike and the boys. I love Amish country. That's one of my most favorite places to visit. We went once a week in Tennessee. That's where I got my milk. <laughs> I don't know that we need to be saying milk like that anymore. I thought I was the one that lived in the country. California girls getting real milky over here. <laughs> milk. Maybe we should not record at night. <laughs> Whatever. It's not even that late there. It's it like isn't. 7 o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, I've also been up since 5.30. All good things. I've been things. up since 6.15. Good girl. I know. Mike was very surprised. He usually, when he's on the road, he usually calls me at 7 to make sure that I'm awake. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> get, get our children up. <laughs> and he's like, hey, how's it going? Are you awake? My, my kids sleep better when Mike's not there, I swear. Really? That's I funny. Don't, maybe, I don't know. Just always seems that he gets really unlucky. 
<laughs> Poor guy. Um, all right. So let's, I feel like that was enough of an intro and update. <laughs> um, let's jump into our question. So I actually had a friend call me yesterday and she asked this question and, and I, I just loved it and I felt like it was really important. So I decided to bump the question that we had in mind. So sorry. I'll, I'll, if that was your question, I'll bump you back <laughs> in sometime. Um, but she asked, well, so she told me that her friend has just been diagnosed with cancer mm. um, and had kind of announced it. Um, she's done a couple of treatments. Um, it's breast cancer. Um, I think it's a, a tougher variety of breast cancer. Um, so first of all, our hearts squad to you. You're in our oh, prayers. Oh, absolutely. I I can't imagine all the things um, she's got. Uh, I, I believe one young child, and I just can't believe that. But um, she, my friend, my friend called me and said, "Hey, my friend told me about this. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. And so we probably spent an hour on the phone just talking about that. So that's our question today. You find out that your friend has a a, a bad health diagnosis. Let's let's continue with the cancer um, idea. What what do you do? How do you help? Um, you know, I think about our topic last week with infertility and the sensitivity of that. And if a friend opens up and comes to you about that, and it's I, I think I would probably take that same approach that we talked about is you know, the focus is on them. It's not about throwing out what you know about the cancer, what you have heard, what other people have done, but really focus on that person and what it is that they need in the moment and just love on them. Just be there for them in whatever capacity that you need to be. And, um, you know, I think it's the kind of the same thing is do your research so that you're aware and that you can when, they do want to open up and have a conversation, but I think just in so many of these instances that we've been talking about, just throwing up on them and as far as information and just trying to put your agenda or your ideas on them, maybe not be the best of help that they need right at that moment. They just probably just need a lot of love and comfort and Mm -hmm. just knowing that you're there for them. I love that. You definitely took a different approach than me, which is so great. I feel like you went more to like the heart of like being there for them and just loving them. And my brain went straight to the like, okay, what are the logistical things that are going to have to happen now that this, this diagnosis is a part of your life? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. childcare, meals, sitting with you during treatments. Like I went straight to that. So I love, I love, I love this personality gap that you and I have because Mm -hmm. we definitely approach things differently. Um, so I told her, I said, first of all, you need to look at yourself. Um, my friend's a young mom with two kids and I was like, you need to look at yourself and decide what you can do. Um, maybe like providing childcare isn't something that you feel like you can do right now, or maybe, you know, driving to go sit with her treatments isn't something. So find out the things that you are capable of helping with Mm -hmm. first because you don't want to offer something and then have to renege on it, right? Right. So figure out what you're capable of doing and then offer some tangible, like some some really concrete ways that you can support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying like, hey, can I watch your daughter, you know, 
once a week or, you know, during, during the weeks that you do treatment, I know that's a hard week for you. Can I watch your child or, um, you know, can I bring a meal? I am such a believer in DoorDash. DoorDash, if you want to sponsor the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that DoorDash is one of the greatest inventions for us to love and support those who are far away. Um, I have both sent gift cards, um, to people. I mean, they, they're virtual. They just come through a text message and I've also sent actual meals. Um, I think that is such a great way to love and support someone. Um, and I think when you step back and think of like the whole family, like what is this husband having to, to do now? Okay. He's, he's working full time. Now there's a lot more on his plate. Like is, Mm -hmm. you know, when his wife's not feeling well, maybe, making dinner or even like going out to get dinner feels like a big responsibility. So maybe it's, you know, we'll take care of this. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think providing tangible things, I, I hate the phrase, let me know how I can help you. Yeah. No. That's Cause they're going to, yeah, they're going to say I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I really think like, texting and, and just saying, Hey, you know, these are three things that I think I can do. Tell me which one works best for you. I like that. Okay. So that's, that's kind of, I, I, again, I love that you kind of had the heart side and I kind of had the head side of, of this situation. Um, but just make sure that they know that they're never alone. I, I remember going up to the University of Utah Cancer Center and sitting with a work friend during her cancer treatments. And we just, we chatted and, and I just helped keep her mind off of the poison that was trying to save her life. So that's what she needed. Yeah. Those were tough times, but, um, it definitely takes a tribe in times like this. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't know your name, but our prayers are with you. Absolutely. Thanks. That was a great question. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into our episode topic for today, which mm-hmm. is loving our stages. I love that. That's a good topic. It is. So we we clearly are in very different stages, and that's the whole premise of this show is that we have a big gap. Um, but I feel like you're always in a different stage than mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. And whether it's a stage in your, in your relationship, in your kids, in your age, in your education, and whatever you're doing, you're in a different stage. And so there's, there's ways that you need to gap that, bridge that gap. Excuse me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, That's awesome. so even if you don't have a 20 year age gap, like we do, <laughs> we're going to talk through a lot of those. So how do you bridge the gap between these stages? So let's talk the single versus married stages. Yeah, we kind of have, well, no, we didn't have this. We had newly married and yeah, we didn't have this. No. I had this because I got married at 19. How old were you <laughs> 26. Yeah. So I had a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had one friend get married like right after me. She got engaged like the day after my wedding. 
But then a lot of, there was, there was some time there and that was hard. Yeah. Girls nights. Always. I feel like that's going to be our answer for a lot of these. Keep having the girls nights. It doesn't matter if you're single or married or what. Keep doing that. Um, I remember when Mike was traveling with football and these friends, they invited me to like a bonfire (laughs) and it was just a bunch of single people. And then like Kels Kels in the corner. But it was so fun and I had such a great time and I loved we, it. We did that a ton of times when Mike was traveling. I mean, you were oh yeah, c- coming along with us married folk and going to dinner, doing game nights and everything like that. So yeah, I think it's just still just, just go and have fun. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, sometimes it's nice to run away and forget your troubles for a minute and go talk about other things than being single. <laughs> well, it's nice to go and like be able to play with your friends, but then come home and be like, and I have a husband that I love and I'm Very so true. glad I'm not playing that single game anymore. Amen. Sister. Do you think that we should be setting our friends up, our single friends up on dates? You know, I don't know that that's a huge thing anymore. Just with so many of the dating apps and everything. I mean, I look at, you know, Colton, my oldest, he's single and he's got it. I would never, (laughs) I would never. Well, I don't know that a, a mom would set up there. I don't know. I would I've never tried set, to set him up. Colt up. I know you have. I know you have. <laughs> However, I just think that there's so many things out there that people are going to rather than these setups. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And that would be a great thing to hear from our listeners. If if you would, would you set somebody up if you knew that there was somebody great? For your single friend? I haven't had very many single friends in my circles, so that's a little harder one for me. So many failed setups. Yeah. So many. I remember blind dates? Did you set them up blind or did they like mutually know each other? No, 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 no. They were blind dates and they like we doubled with them. (laughs) It was so bad. I will never forget the look on both of their faces at different times in the date of like, I hate you. (laughs) Why did you do this to me? (laughs) Yeah, that's just so sad. So if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) There are so many bad ones. Oh, Time heals all wounds. It's okay. They're past it. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) I hope so. Okay, so what about kids versus no kids? Mm. Sometimes these friends can be excluded easily, but often they're really excited about kids and willing to help. Like I remember um, because I did marry a little bit later when I was 26, I had a lot of my friends and they were all like, ladies that I worked with, they had families and they had kids. And I even went to Disneyland with one of my friends and her two girls. And I loved it. I loved just kind of hanging out and I was kind of the cool aunt and 
just being there with her and her kids. And yeah, that was totally fun for me. Um, I, I love that. Do you want to come to Disneyland with me and my kids? Yes, I do. Deal. Let's Absolutely. Do um, so I feel like sometimes I try to like protect my non-kid friends from my kids. <laughs> Why? Because I, cause I don't know, like sometimes my kids are annoying and I, all kids are annoying. I know. At some point. <laughs> I mean, if they're hungry or tired, they're going to be annoying. I mean, it's just but kind I of. I feel a, like sometimes I get nervous that like, oh my gosh, like sure. they're not around this all the time. Like, is this super yeah. annoying for them? But I was, I recently saw something where someone was saying like, hey, like they, those, those are the people in your life that like, they have the energy. Like you're mm-hmm. a worn out mom that's just like overstimulated and overtouched and all of those things. Like, yeah, these are people in your life that actually don't do this very often. And so they probably have the capacity to do it. Right. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you're right. Like this is so, this is so great. I need to be doing things like that more often. Yeah. I love it though. And even just coming and just being um, around your kids and just playing with them. That's just something I think that I miss that stage of mine because mine are grown and Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love having that time with your boys and even some of my other friends who have younger kids and it just, because I loved that time period of my kids. And so it is, it's just, for me, it's a little playtime and yeah. hanging out and they're not my kids, so I can give so them candy. Give them and- <laughs> right. That's I'll right. never forget the day I found out that my sister, when we were in Boise visiting my parents, my sister was taking my son into the pantry and giving him chocolate chips <laughs> so that she, that he would love her. <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> she had kids, but she just wanted to be like a favorite aunt. She was like, Judd, come here. I got that. That's for awesome. You. And just, he like knew if he stood by that pantry long enough, Aunt Natalie would come by <laughs> and give him some chocolate chips. I love that. It's the best. It's so My cute. sister came to town when Mike was in the hospital and fed my kids macaroni and cheese for breakfast and they have never forgotten it. Oh, that's adorable. They ask yeah. for it all the time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Aunt Candy's not here right now. <laughs> you don't get that's that. That's awesome. I love it. That's too good. Um, okay. What about the money versus no money gap? Hmm. How do we handle we, that? We've talked about this a little bit on a previous episode. And um, I think when you're at the – I mean – We've been in both situations <laughs> where, sure you <have>. know, <laughs> and so I think in times of being with friends and everything, definitely there's been times where I've suggested, Hey, can we have like a low dollar sign, you know, like a one money or two money or, you know, you just suggest. And if they are great friends and they're understanding, they're going to be okay. Everything is you just do the best you can. Yeah. And I've been in the situation where it is, I've had extra and I've just taken care of lunch or I've, you know, taken care of whatever it is that we're doing. And just because I could, and I love doing that. I love being able to give and because I've been given so much and it's just kind of that yes. paying it forward. We thing. need to do an episode or, or like a little thing sometime about, do you pay for the check? 
Do you split the check? Like how mm-hmm. functionally, how does that work? What What's your recommendations? How do you handle the awkwardness of that? We should talk about that sometime. Yeah. Cause we need to talk about our drink runs. Oh, <sighs> and how yes. we did that. How did we do that? We had a good system. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save okay. it because we had a really All good right. system. It's a little, it's a little treat you guys can look forward to. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I agree. I think I have always really, really respected friends that have come to me and said like, Hey, I know we're going out this weekend, but we're really trying to be careful with our money right now. So how would you feel if we, you know, ate in and then like went out for dessert or just played games at your house or, mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Like, I I feel like it gives me permission to say the same thing. And it helps right. me be courageous. So, like, be the courageous friend that's willing to say, like, hey, we're being smart with our money right now. Because there is no shame. You Mm-mm. could be making so much money and still be careful with your money. And, like, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. So, don't ever forget that it's okay to say that you're trying to save some money. Yep. Okay. So what about when you have young kids versus older kids? I've been there. Yeah, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. What do you think? I, so I feel like your kids weren't around my kids a lot. Mm -mm. Because you were already up in Kaysville. Yeah, I was up in Kaysville and then you moved to California. So I feel like you and I actually don't have a lot of experience in this one together, but I know you have, uh, you know, we have experience with other people. Um, I think our best experiences of this have actually come since we've been living in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And the, the youth and children in our church community are just so great. And it's just all the kids from 18 to eight months are just playing together. They're just having so much fun. And the older ones just like really look after the little ones. Um, so I think if you want to help bridge that gap, if they're old enough, like hire them to be your babysitters, create that relationship. So then when you're hanging out with the parents or you're all at a big group thing, they know those kids. And so they can play and they Mm -hmm. can, you know, there's, there's a familiarity there. Um, I think too, I really try to provide activities that are good for both like older kids and younger kids. If I'm hosting something, um, oftentimes it's just the pool and then it's like, okay, this is the shallow end. This is the deep end. Like everyone knows their limits. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but I understand that sometimes like older kids can feel like the younger kids squash all the fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Have your kids ever felt like that? Um, I don't know necessarily like squashing all the fun. I think sometimes I had to be sensitive to what it was that they wanted as well because dragging them around or having them always be the babysitter or always, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to do this. So you're stuck with all the little kids and we're going to go off and do that. I had, I was sensitive to not like over abuse that because, um, you know, they still wanted to have fun and, and be around kids their age. And so, um, I was just very, very sensitive about that, but we still, I mean, gosh, we have quite a few friends that it was, you know, we'd take our kids 
and they would play with their little kids or just sit and watch a show with them and hang out with them while, you know, the parents played games or did something. And my kids loved it. I think it was so much of me just making sure that, you know, they were also having fun. So. Yeah. And I think as the parents of the older kids, like feel them out and Mm -hmm. being, being a parent of a little kid, I would love if a parent came to me and said, Hey, my, you know, my kids aren't super into that. So can we come up with a different solution? Cause I was a kid that didn't love watching little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would, but I think just like being able to communicate about that is so, so great. Yeah. Cause then you don't have like resentment or then it's not to where it's like, you're not going to go with that family or with that friend because your kids. And so it just breaks that tie. So I think it is, it's just being sensitive and just talking mm-hmm. to them about it. And then of course, having nights without kids. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. What about the stay at home mom versus the working mom? <laughs> Stay-at-home moms have all the fun. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been both. I was stay-at-home mom for, gosh, the majority of my 25 years being married. And it just, I've just been working the last couple years. And so I, I miss, (laughs) I miss the stay-at-home mom days. I love my job and I love working. It just puts a kink in some plans every once in a while because I mean, I have a schedule. I have days, you know, that I have to be there. And so, and can I just tell you that that schedule really (laughs) ruins my life sometimes? When are you going to be a stay at home Kelsey friend? There we go. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing is the difference is like just the structure and the schedule of a working mom and the obligations where a stay home mom has a little bit more of the freedom. Yeah. They're doing kids stuff and running school and you have to be home by a certain time, but there's a lot of freedom to those stay at home moms and bless your heart. I'm so glad that so many get to so many of my friends are stay at home moms, which is awesome. So bridging that gap, I think I, you know, I have some friends right now that are working and I will like bring them lunch. Mm-hmm. Like they have shorter lunch breaks. They can't, you know, sometimes it's hard, especially because we live out in the country, mm-hmm. that it's hard to drive somewhere so far for lunch. So I'll just say, hey, you know, when's your lunch? I'll bring you lunch and we do lunch together. And that's, oh, that's awesome. That's a good idea. That is a good um, idea. I remember my mom doing lunch with her bestie, Peggy Hurd. Oh my gosh, Peggy, if you ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I just love you. She's a bonus mom for sure. But I remember my mom would bring her lunch. She was a school teacher oh, and she would bring me along with her when I was, uh, before I was in school. And I thought I was the coolest kid ever because I got to draw on the chalkboard in her classroom oh, cool. while she sat at the back table with my mom and had lunch. And it was so great. Um, and so... Yeah, I think there's great, great opportunities there. But one thought that I had when we were prepping for this episode is make sure that you're like giving opportunities to involve the kids, because I think sometimes working moms can struggle to maintain relationships outside Mm -hmm. of 
the home because they feel like they need to spend time with their families. Oh right? no, like absolutely. Yep. They're at work all the time. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, like I need to go be with my kids. Um, and so I think like, you know, Hey, let's all get together and go do something this weekend. Mm-hmm. They get to be with their kids, but you also get to maintain that friendship. So that's great. Yeah. Idea. Well, and I mean, you know, we both have a very mutual close friend who works and mm-hmm. I think she does a very good job at that balance. You know, I mean, she, it's her family first and she works, she has a, you know, very demanding job, but she does do such a great job at keeping her friendships and, you know, and having that me time and kind of working that in, you know, I mean, her family is obviously number one, but she does do a very good job at maintaining her friendships. And so I think that that's just that balance because you do, I mean, you work so much and, and you're with your family. I think that you still need that time and those things for you of what you love to do. And if it's hanging out with your girls and having a girl's night or, you know, a weekend away or a day at the park with the kids and your girlfriends, you know, just find those opportunities. So I think one thing that we talked about, um, what was it last week is about how no matter what stage of life you're in, there's always going to be pros and cons Mm -hmm. and it's always going to be really easy to feel like the grass is greener on the other side. Um, and kind of like the comment you just made about like, Oh, those stay at home moms. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm sitting in that village and that village feels tough sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. I think that as you're looking at these gaps in your relationships with people and how to bridge them, I think it's really important to remember where they're at and that there's a lot of hard parts about the stage that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember being a stay-at-home mom and always wanting to work. I always wanted to find a job. I always wanted to do something. And I think that that was just me wanting to find, you know, something creative to do. And it's, I loved being a mom, but you're right. I, I don't take back my comment because I still, I loved being a stay-at-home mom. And I think that you, that stay-at-home moms have got the best job ever. Um, but yeah, enjoy where you're at in whatever stage you're in. Enjoy being a stay-at-home mom. Enjoy, if you're working and doing both, enjoy it and just find the joy in each. And if you're not, if you don't have that joy, then take a step back and just look at some things and see where it is. Maybe that there are some little things that you can fill in some little holes. Maybe it's, you do need to have some time for you. Maybe it is that you need to strengthen a friendship or, you know, strengthen your relationship with your husband and do something more on a regular basis with him. I totally agree. Um, I think you look at these, these gaps and, you know, single friends might feel like they can go and do a lot more things on the weekends, but when you're married, that's might be like the only time you get to see your spouse. Right. And so I think that can kind of be a weird gap. Um, but trying really hard to be flexible and again, with 
every single one of these, you have to assess whether or not this relationship is something that is important to you and that you can sustain at this point in your life. And mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, and that's okay. But it's just how much effort can I put into maintaining this relationship right now in my life? Right. Which is such a hard question. Okay. I have a question for you. So with talking about stages, and as we all go through different stages, um, and our friends, obviously, like even just thinking about you and I, like we've gone through, I've seen you from newlywed to, you know, being a new mom and, um, and you've seen me through raising my kids and now they're out of the house and married and, and that, how, how is it that, um, like through these stages, how do you nurture those friendships? How is it that you, have you seen friendships that kind of like go away from each other because of the stages? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think all friendships can be maintained through those life stages. And it's oftentimes it's because, you know, maybe that's not a, a deep friendship. I mean, talking about life stages, like, yeah, I got married when I was 19. There's a lot of people that I kind of stopped communicating with. Um, but looking back on those relationships, those weren't people that I was super close to. Mm-hmm. Distance changes, you know, a lot of that too. Um, I had a friend that Mike and I were both super, super close with them. And gosh, I should have brought this up last week on our fertility episode. Um, we got pregnant at the same time and Mm -hmm. I lost mine and she did not lose her baby. And she just, you know, it, we just, that gap just kind of got bigger. And, um, and I think it was, we were so, so, so close to them, but I just don't think I was at a stage in my life at that point where I could could maintain maintain that friendship. And it wasn't a conscious Mm -hmm. decision by any means, but you know, now looking back on it, I'm like, you know, why did that friendship kind of fall apart? Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't end up poorly. It just, we just grew apart and I still love them dearly. They're still, you know, I, I still just care a lot about them, but we didn't maintain a friendship because of the the differences in our life stages. That was the right. catalyst that kind of ended that friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think about that too. And even when I was um, single and the friends that I had were a lot of my work friends and, you know, I was running around with them and kind of being the aunt to their kids and, and hanging with them. But then as I, started to date and started to kind of shift my life from one lifestyle and one stage into then, you know, meeting Dave and getting married and being a newlywed, it totally shifted. And I remember even, you know, there was some hurt feelings because they just kind of felt like I dropped them, but it was just kind of like this shift in my stage. I was no longer single and couldn't be there as kind of like the drop-in aunt at any time. I was now married and Dave and I were, you know, nurturing our friendship and our relationship and 
we were making couple friends. And so that was kind of a big shift in my circle of friends and, and who it was that we were hanging out with. Yeah. And I think that's a part of, you know, recognizing that is this a changing circumstance Mm -hmm. or is this a changing friendship? Mm -hmm. Because some friendships are, are going to change. Is this person, you know, because they've had kids, are they all of a sudden calling on you all the time to have, to watch their kids? And it's kind of become a toxic friendship because they're depending on you for everything. Or did they just get married and they're constantly in fights with their spouse and they're using you as a therapist. And so it's no longer a friendship. It's a therapist relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not just, that's not a changing circumstance. That's a changing friendship. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's an important distinction to understand. Which is this? Yeah. Is this something that can be bridged because it's just a life stage gap or is it uh, the deterioration of a friendship? So let's go through a few important tips for how to maintain. So we kind of, we kind of went through like specific stages on how to do that. Um, but let's go through just some general tips for doesn't matter what life stage you're at and, and the difference between those within your friendship. These are kind of some tips that are going to help you out. Okay. Okay. So I feel like the first one on our list here is to remember what brought you together. When you're going through weird life transitions and you're you're kind of shifting stages and you feel like things are pulling you apart, come back and when you're, you know, because we all know that moment when we're sitting at home and we're thinking, gosh, does my friend not even care about me anymore because she's off doing these other things and just take a step back and remember those times when you became friends and when this friendship developed because at the end of the day, like that's your foundation, that's your base and so when you're feeling maybe insecure about the, the transition, that's really going to help pull you through. Mm, I like that a lot. That's perfect. Um, and be flexible and understanding. Everybody is going through something. Everybody is at these different stages and they may be rocking it and they may be struggling. And... I think there's just needs to be a lot of flexibility and understanding, have compassion and be there for that friend, be there for that person in your life that is maybe at a different stage and just needs a friend. That one is so good. I think along with being flexible, like I, there are some relationships that because we're in different life stages, those relationships would not be surviving right now if it wasn't for our flexible communication styles. Mm-hmm. I have a sister that is, you know, yeah, she's, she's a mom, but she, but she's working and that can sometimes feel like such a big gap because I know she's so busy and sometimes getting on the phone is hard. I swear. I don't know if I'd have a, a very good relationship with that sister if it wasn't for Marco Polo. That's like how we communicate and it works. Yeah. And I remember when I was, you know, a, a mom to babies, I would Marco Polo my friends at two in the morning when I was up feeding a baby because mm-hmm. that's, that's when I That's could. what worked. Yeah. And so I, I love that of like be flexible and understanding of where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Our next one is make time for new memories. If this is a relationship that you want to maintain, you've got to make time for it. Mm-hmm just flat out. That's what has to happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be a huge girl's night or a girl's trip. 
It can just be, like we talked about, a lunch or, you know, a FaceTime call and just, but make it intentional. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really, that means so much to someone when you say, hey, I really missed you. I, can we like set up a FaceTime date and make Mm -hmm. it a thing, you know, send her a, send her a little charcuterie board, a mini charcuterie board and say, (laughs) hey, like save this for our, you know, make it a little date. Um, yeah. that, that means so much to somebody. Well, I think that's something that's really worked for me and being long distance with some of my closest friends is setting those dates and setting that time aside. Like I have a weekly FaceTime call with one of my best friends and Kelsey and I have set specific things aside to be able to Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because it's true. And now we have a podcast and we're talking all the time. Hey, we are making new memories. You and I have, have a, we have this podcast, right? Yeah. Seriously, though, that's like absolutely a great memory. We're always going to remember this because we're going to be wicked famous people. Just kidding. It's also never going to end. We're going to be 90 years old. Oh my gosh. You'll be 110. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Oh, that's sad. I'm going to be dead. What are you you going to come? Oh. (laughs) No. Let's not go that far. That's sad for me. You get to. No. (laughs) Maybe I'll die young. Here's the hoping. No. Let's go out. Let's go out together. Okay. That'd be good. No, you're that would be way too young for you. That'd be way too young. Or maybe if you, if you die when you're a hundred? I am not oh. gonna stick around till I'm a hundred. <laughs> Sorry. I can live till I'm eighty. Okay. That'd be a hundred. <laughs> I love how long it took you to do that math. <laughs> That was great. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Making new memories. I had a really good thought that was going there. <laughs> we are a train wreck tonight. We are. Totally. Okay. So I think another great one is to communicate your limits. If you need to be home at a certain time because you've got to take care of a baby, that's great. Just, just communicate that limit. You know, hey, yes, I could totally come out tonight, but I do need to be home at this time. It just sets the expectations. Um, And I think sometimes when we're in these situations, we feel guilty because we're not spending as much time with our friends. And so then we end up over committing ourselves Mm -hmm. and then we just get into the cycle of like, Oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not living up. I'm not. And then, and then it just tears you down and it creates more of a gap and there's hard feelings and, and things get weird. So just, communicate where you're at be really open and honest express Mm -hmm. express your love but also the struggles that you're having with committing to spend time together because of x y and z yeah Um, and if they're a great friend like i think they are they're gonna love you and they're gonna work with you to figure out how to help you through the hard times that you're experiencing yeah and people like honesty right i know that there's been times where i've held back and just like uh i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings i'm not going to i'm just going to do it all 
I'm just going to spread myself thin and I'm just going to do it all. And later when it was either that I broke down or something just fell apart, <laughs> <laughs> that it was like, why didn't you say anything? We totally could have done it a different time or, you know, and people are very understanding oh, most yeah. of the time. So most I mean, the time. most of the time they are. And especially your friends, they love you and they would understand. Um, so our next one is to don't compare. It's so easy to compare. And when you're in different stages, that's a really dangerous comparison game to play because you're not in that stage. So you don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it feels like to be a parent to teenagers. And I can sit mm -hmm. here and think, oh my gosh, that looks so much easier. I'm in such a hard phase. Like you could be friends with your kids and they're teenagers, all these great things. But no, like when I step back and like actually think about it, I know that parenting teenagers is really hard and it's one, you shouldn't compare in general, but comparing it when you're in different life stages, that's apples and oranges. That's not mm -hmm. a fair comparison. And so I think being able to step back, see the other person's perspective and just don't, don't compare. Yeah. It's dangerous. I think that that gets into, and we've, you know, talked a little bit about this um, before, but just those jealousy feelings, you know, you compare and then you just start getting jealous about where you're not or where your friends are at or, you know, and that's just not, it's not a healthy place to be. Yeah, for sure. And last but definitely not least, celebrate each other. Celebrate mm -hmm. the great moments in that stage that they're in. I remember going to Chase's elementary school program. Was that what that was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's such sweet pictures of me and Mike just loving on Chase at this mm -hmm. sweet program. And we were newlywed college students that just, we were loving the stage that you were in and that we got to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, you have been at my kids' baby blessings and all of those things. So celebrate each other and find ways to support and learn from each other and the stages that they're in. I'm so grateful for the people that came before me and showed me how to be a better mom and a better friend. Yeah, I love that. I think that's probably the one thing that I do love the most about our friendship is these different stages. And yes, I did the majority of them all before you, but you got to be right beside me as I was doing them. And now I get to watch you go through them and it's fun. It's fun to be able to be there when you have one of those days of just like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to pull my hair out. What do I do? <laughs> and <laughs> just to remind days. you <laughs> of just like, remember when, and take you back to when you were actually, you know, in my kitchen as I was having a meltdown or, you know, something like that. So I love that. Celebrate each other. Just be happy whatever stage you're in. Um, that's that's 100% true. I'm so grateful that we got to see so much of each other's stages. Um, this episode's been really fun. I think it's great to embrace the stages and the differences in your stages and figure out how to maintain friendships over those kinds of gaps. Because mm -hmm. they create just these gaps, create the best friendships ever. They sure do. And it doesn't have to I be like that. a major 
30 year gap. It, I mean, you may be two, 20, three, not 30, 20. <laughs> oh my Lanta. <laughs> 30 year gap. How old Where are you? Did that come from? I don't why know. Why did I say? Oh, you know why? Because you're 30. You're 30 years old. And apparently you're 60. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am not 60. No, you're not 30. You're, th- oh my God. So we definitely want to hear from you. What gaps do you feel like you've had to overcome as far as life stages with your friends? So hit us up on Instagram. It's going to be really great to hear from you guys. So send us a message and we will repost it so everyone can hear. Um, and as always, ratings and reviews. We did our giveaway last week and it was awesome. We want to hear your questions and topic requests. We also have one for BFF breakups. So please uh, hit Instagram or the website for those. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you all for being here. We love what we're doing. And we'll see you next week on The Friend Gap.